Welcome to Divine Messy Human. I am your host, Amanda Kate, a self-mastery facilitator who flips the paradigms of what it truly means to be a master of self. This podcast is for those wanting to move to center stage in their lives, find their divinely sovereign self, and break free from societal conditioning and programming that enslaves us. To truly embrace self-mastery, we need to have compassion for all that we are, connected to the divine, messy as F, and uniquely human. This is a space where we learn radical self-love and acceptance, remembering who we are as true beings of light. I am here to lead you as you explore the freedom and abundance that self-mastery leads to when we choose consciously and deliberately in our daily life. Each week we will cover topics from the following areas, our body and physiology, energy systems, subconscious programming, parts and inner child work, our intuition, divine connection and quantum ascension. I am so excited to have you on this journey with me. Listen in, get a cuppa, and enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to Divine Messy Human, the podcast. I'm back with you today to go through a second part on the heroine's journey. Last time we visited Victoria Lynn Schmidt's version, and this time I'm taking you through Maureen Murdoch's version. Both are obviously have similarities. They are both about the heroine, and that is obviously not a gender-based thing. This is about that female aspect of ourself, which regardless of gender, we have. The same as the hero's journey, regardless of gender, we go through them in our life. Now, we will not go through these on their own. We will be at different parts of different journeys in different areas of our life at the same time, which does make this quite challenging. We might be in a hero's journey and in the heroine's journey with our health or with our relationships or with work or with our personal development or so any of our area of our life can be in one or multiple of these models. Yes, that makes it challenging, but it also means that we can gain greater insight the more of these, I guess, models that we understand. If we understand that we're actually on a journey, we can enjoy the, the path as much as we're looking forward to perhaps the destination. It becomes more about the journey and understanding the journey and enjoying the journey, or at least fully experiencing the journey, than it does about what the destination is. So with Maureen Murdoch's version of the heroine's journey, we start with this shift from feminine to masculine. Now this can happen early in life, it can happen later in life, it can pretty much happen at any time. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we distance ourselves from our actual mother. But what happens is we do distance ourselves from the mother. Often why that is, is we are looking at our ideal archetype of what the mother should be. And yet, as we know, all of our mothers, myself as a mother included, fall short of that perfect archetype, that ideal mother, the universal mother, the mother that is nourishing and nurturing and supportive and all of the things that we expect 
when we think of the archetypal mother. Now, when we see our mother, we may pick up on her resentment of being a stay-at-home mum, or we might pick up on the fact that she was struggling to work multiple jobs, or it might be that we pick up on the fact that she felt like a second-class citizen, or she didn't feel like she could always get to where she wanted to go in life. Maybe life held her back. There will be something in those feminine traits that we turn away from. And we don't necessarily want those traditional female societal roles. Maybe we don't want to become mothers ourselves. Maybe we can't become mothers and we're having to deny part of our own feminine aspect. So there can be lots of different things that get us started on this journey, but it is a shift away from that feminine. Oftentimes we are shifting away from the wounded feminine aspects not the divine feminine aspects. And we're shifting away from that woundedness because we can see that it isn't the divine. And that creates a split in our expectation and our desire. And sometimes we just don't know what to do with it. So then we go into the identification with the masculine and having lived and living in a very androcentric world where men are still basically the centerpiece and the society is set up under those patriarchal ideals of power over and comparison and control and where you know governments and organizations overreach into our lives and overreach with the powers that they enforce on the regular human, we see that that is the way to get ahead. And in that, we decide that we should adopt that same thing so that we can find the control, the power, the perfection that we've been craving ourselves. And what we often do then is we try to enter this masculine world, but Whilst we want to do that because of the power that it represents and the strength it represents, we're often being ridiculed still for our femininity. I remember one of my best friends in high school said to me, do you know what? You would be the perfect man if you learned how to drink beer and you'd be the perfect woman if you learned how to drink beer and take orders. At the time, I still remember saying, well, I'll be the perfect man before I'm the perfect woman. But there was this little bit of pride in me of going, yeah, I'm one of the boys. And I used to say it a lot, I'm one of the boys. It was this mark of, yeah, I'm in with the crowd who are gonna make a difference in this world. And that is part of that identification of the masculine. I remember really getting into sports and becoming the son my father never had. So there was this real separation and yet inside of me, I wanted that femininity. I wanted that, all that that entailed, that divine feminine. That's what I was actually searching for. But because I couldn't see it, I could only see wounded feminine, there was this disassociation from it. And it's taken years for me to be able to refine that femininity within me, but in a divine state, not just in the wounding. Obviously the wounding still exists because let's face it, we're human, we're living in the world. 
But yeah, this over-identification with the masculine comes in and this is that external patriarch type figure where it is about power over and it's controlling and it's trying to be perfect to fit in. Now this identification with the wounded masculine is often also where we end up with burnout culture, overwhelm, people pleasing, striving, pushing, and it's often how we end up completely and utterly unwell. So then we go through our road of trials and similarly with the hero's journey, this is where we face all of our trials that we need to overcome to develop our character. We see the tests and some of them we fail, some of them we don't. But in these challenges, they often come through and they're about higher status, more success and empowerment. The main difference between the hero's and heroine's journey is that the heroine struggles with her inner conflict. And often this is about dependency. So either being dependent on another for well-being or being in a codependent relationship or being dependent on other factors. It might be about not receiving the love that is desired, that feels like the love she wants to receive. And it can be about a feeling of inferiority. Can I actually do this? This is where we see imposter syndrome come in a lot. The I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough. By this stage, often the heroine has in some way built a masculine reputation that others do find impressive. So whether that be at work or in the home or creatively or in some form of success, they have built a life for themselves. And this is why the next stage is the illusory boon of success rather than the ultimate boon that we get in the hero's journey. Because what happens is we realize that in our achievements, in overcoming all of the obstacles that we've faced, we've betrayed our own values and we're feeling limitations in the life that we've created for ourselves. For me, for example, I had ticked all of the boxes I thought I should tick for so-called success in the world. But it left me feeling empty. It left me feeling estranged from myself. It left me feeling like I did not know who the hell I was and what I wanted. And this is often where you find women searching for something else. They're going, you know what, I've got the family, I've got the career, I've got the things that I'm supposed to want and yet I'm feeling empty and alone and broken. All I want is that piece of me that used to exist back. And I remember being in that stage and you do, you feel lost, you feel untethered, you feel disconnected from yourself, you feel disconnected from people around you. And often we feel oppressed because we're not understanding these feelings. They're not feelings that people speak about in terms that really hit our soul. They might talk about that feeling broken and we go, yeah, I feel that. We might feel, talk about feeling disconnected, but often people don't have the way through this journey because the heroine's journey, as I mentioned before, isn't spoken about a huge amount. Then what happens is we go into the descent and meeting with the goddess. And this often is where we suffer some great loss and it could be a loss of identity. It can be the death of a loved one. It can be an illness. So the loss of our health, 
And it's because the masculine has been striving and fighting so long and he's exhausted. He's needing the support from the feminine and the feminine is desperate to come out and to show herself and to start building herself in the world. But we don't recognize her. We're suppressing her. We don't want her up because she's the weak link. And all of this is just conditioned in our society. This is no disrespect to anybody, but this is also what we're seeing an awakening of at the moment in some really deep and profound ways. So often in this loss, it can also come through betrayal or being disillusioned with the world or a mixture of all of the things. There is a reconciliation somehow with the feminine, whether it be through a female figure who enters our life, who shows the positive associations of femininity that we've abandoned, where we go, oh my God, I want a bit of that. It might be through connection with a healer that we've come across. I know for me, one of my big returns to the feminine was working with a specific mentor of mine who was like, and still is like a nourishing, nurturing mother. She reminds me of all of the beauty of motherhood, the lighter side of motherhood, not the self-sacrifice, but the holding of space, the trusting that I have it, but holding me whilst I go through it. It's a guidance role, not a fixing, controlling, rescuing type role. It is in the light, not in the shadows. So then the heroine yearns for her reconnection and there's a yearning for the life that you'd created and the way I was living, but you can't return to it. So it might be that you're missing those parts of yourself that you had when you were young and carefree, but now you've got children and they're never going to surface again. It might be the part of you that regrets leaving a relationship or it might be the part of you that regrets leaving a job. There is something in our old life that is calling for us to go back. But often what we do is we discover we can't return because we're now seeing that the old values, our old way of being, our old traits were what led us into this abyss in the first place. It led us into this darkness that we've been experiencing. It may have led us into illness or separation or marriage breakdowns or, you know, those times when our children leave home or when we go through these big life transitions, we're realizing that there is no way back from where we are and that the only way is forward. Sometimes in this aspect, we are able to find those different perspectives on life that then help us move through this, this desire to reconnect and realize that the only way is forward. And sometimes there might be where you actually rekindle a relationship with your mother. So sometimes it can actually be that more physical, uh, literal reconnection with the feminine, reconnecting with your mother at a different level or reconnecting with more of a feminine community. Some women find their women's circles or some kind of women's group. And I know men who have been going through heroines journeys who have found their women's circle, so to speak, and that's in inverted commas because it's clearly not a women's circle, in a men's circle. Or they found that other connection with community that perhaps they've been yearning for as well. So they too find 
that reconnection with community, which is the feminine aspect, in a just slightly different way. Sometimes it's the same way. Who knows? It really does depend on the person. But there is this desire to reconnect with the feminine. It's a desire to no longer suppress half of who you are in shame of what it is. We start to recognize that it belongs in us as well. And then once we've kind of made friends with our internal feminine, we've reconnected and we've gotten to know that part of ourselves a little bit better. We've gone in and we've slayed our inner dragons and ogres. We've recognized that we weren't living to our values. We've rediscovered what values actually matter to us. We can then look and understand truly our inner masculine identity. So we are then able to understand the positive aspect of the masculine, even though the masculine was perhaps the part that was whipping us to do better, to be more powerful, to be stronger, to create more success, we start to realize that both the, both the masculine and feminine have negative and positive qualities. And if we can marry the two together, it allows us to take back our power. It is this idea that we are bringing the light and the shadow together. The, the higher aspects of things and the lower aspects of things. And that again, isn't about better or worse because we need our shadows as much as we need our light to give ourselves the full color, the full texture, the full experience of living, the ex entire spectrum of life experience. And what we can start doing is accept the positive aspects of the masculine nature that support us in speaking our truth, in embracing our authority, in helping to provide our sovereignty, in allowing us the strength to be able to keep forging forward. But we're able to marry that with that, that feminine aspect. And that really is the final part of the journey is being able to truly divine, divinely marry the masculine and feminine, the conscious and subconscious natures together, where we start to find more balance in our life, where we're actively embracing that inner work that is required to be able to maintain the integration. We can then start to recognize that those shadows are inner parts of ourselves that might need a little bit of love and attention. Perhaps they need reparenting. And by reparenting, it means looking at those parts and seeing that in a child or that in a teenager or that younger part of self who needed more resources. And as the older part of you, being able to resource that younger part, give it love, give it acceptance, hear its worries and give it the reassurance that you know what you're doing and it's all going to be okay. Now, for me, the heroine's journey has been what I've been navigating this last couple of years, and it has been a fascinating journey. It has been deep and dark and that descent and meeting with the goddess, you really do get stripped bare. You cannot enter that lower realm, that internal world with all of your armor on. It's got to come off. And so therefore, it's an intensely vulnerable process that ends up go, you know, being experienced. And these heroines journeys for me have been journeys of me supporting other people, but also journeys of me traveling within myself to work out 
the next layers of healing for me, the next layers of growth for me, the next layers of being able to uncover my voice so that I can step more fully into, say, this podcast and my work and speaking. It is a way to really, truly look at all of those inner layers and inner stories and see what they mean to us, see what they bring up for us. I've been battling a lot with that imposter syndrome. But again, it's not the imposter syndrome that's the problem. It's the beliefs driving the behaviors that are creating the imposter syndrome. The same way that overwhelm and burnout are often not the problem. It's the beliefs and drivers pushing those agendas that are exhausting us, that are overwhelming us, that are burning us out. And as we get to marry this, this divine masculine and feminine together and come into that union, it really is this feeling of coming home, of truly allowing our full self to be heard. We're not denigrating part of ourselves and elevating another part. We're able to look at the positives and negatives in each, the light and the shadow, and really sit with it. The beauty of bringing these two parts together is that we are becoming more whole in the process, but it also expands our toolkit massively because we're not throwing half of our personality, half of our ability to access these divine tools out from our experience. We're allowing them all to be there. We're allowing them all to raise their heads and to be present and to be heard. And that is a really magical place to be. I do have to say the heroine's journeys have been harder for me than any of the hero's journeys I've been through. I don't know if it's because I was so highly identified with the masculine or if it's just been that the inner world is so dark and scary because you're facing up to the truth of who and what you are. But I can tell you after the devastation I went through in the hero's journeys, the heroine's journeys left that for dead. They were intense. The beauty of it was because I had done so much other work, as intense and painful as it was, it was also quicker to move through, quicker to navigate, quicker to get through to, I guess, the next stage without spiritually bypassing those painful moments I had to sit in and allow to happen. Now, doing these journeys doesn't mean that we're enlightened and that our masculine and feminine are beautifully in union and divine union with each other. It doesn't mean that we are fully healed. It just means that we can access more parts of ourselves to bring on the journey with us through life. As I mentioned at the beginning, life is not about the destination. It's not about the end point. If we can enjoy more of the journey along the way, if we can tap into the depths of our soul and really allow ourselves to feel what's going on. And if we can enjoy that as much as is possible, or at least be present to it, and allow the full contrast of life to wash over us and through us, then life really does bring in some magic. And I know as low as the lows have been while I've been navigating this, 
the highs have been higher than I've ever experienced before. And I'm no longer expecting that thief joy to come out and rip the rug out from under my feet. I'm able to bask in the joy, the wonder, the excitement and the awe without waiting for that to be interrupted by something else. And I have to say, if you are struggling with navigating these journeys, I know for me, the only way I could do it with a, with a support team around me. Now that support team was friends, it was qualified professionals, it was trauma-informed practitioners. There was a lot of resources I drew on, as well as a lot of time alone to work out where I was, what I was going through, and what were my next steps forward. You cannot do the heroine's journey on your own. As much as it is an inner journey, having that support around you, having those people you can lean on in those moments is vital to you feeling anchored and tethered when there is no anchoring and tethering to be had. Even if it is just someone holding space for you and witnessing, it is a really integral part of the journey. So if you need help, even if it's not me as a practitioner, reach out. I can point you in the direction of somebody. I know so many people in the healing arts, whether they be coaches, healers, kinesiologists, acupuncturists, therapists of different types. I have somebody who no doubt will suit, or I'll be able to find out who would be the best person for you to work with. And as always, I am here to answer any of your questions. You can reach out and book a 20 minute introductory call with me. You can join the self mastery containers that will be starting up again in January, 2024 and running regularly after that. And you can put your name on my mailing list to find out when the first self-mastery certification will be released. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If this podcast resonates with you, please follow, like, share and review so that we can get this message to as many divine souls as possible. Never forget that you have all the answers within you. You are God's source made human and sovereignty and abundance are your birthright. If you can imagine it, you can make it manifest in this physical reality. Huge love. Until next time.